0: Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio, Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Acri and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. Twenty percent skill, 15% concentrated power of will, 5% pleasure, 50% pain, and 100% reason to remember the name. He doesn't
2: need his name up in lights, he just wants to be heard, whether it's the beat of the mic feel so unlike
3: everybody. All right, 11-06. accidentally called Blazing Sevens Blazing Saddles. I'm sure someone else has over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a horse named Blazing Saddles, I wonder? Surely, right? It's gotta be. Should me. We should look that up. I'll look that up on Equibase. All right, um, let me get David in here, then we'll finish. Uh, we'll get to the red-white. we got Bubba Carpenter coming up, talk some Razorback baseball. Uh, David, I'm sorry we hit the top of the hour break there. Heartbreak, heartbreak. Uh Let's go back to your story. Start over from the beginning for those who missed it, if you don't mind.
4: Okay. Uh, uh, Peter Byrne uh, was not on his show uh, yesterday morning like he usually is because he was covering John Rom at the uh, at PDA, and uh, he called in and wanted to play an audio for the two people that were on his show taking his place, and... Look, we all know John Ramos had problems controlling his emotions on the golf course and everything. Who hasn't that played the game? Uh, but oh, anyway, yeah. he, he. We all knew he had done so good at controlling his emotions. Listen, it's easy to control your emotions when you get to number one in the world. You're winning majors, at big golf tournaments, and making lots of money. He, he. The old, the old Rom showed up, showed up this weekend. He had to play this audio. Uh, he's he's following Rom around with his little with his little microphone so you can hear everything he says and everything. And finally, he just has all he can take. He sticks over Park. He turns around and just smashes smashes the microphone. And you can hear Peter Byrne just gasp because he is in shock. And then Mr. Rom goes to berating him and everyone around. <laughs> it was really funny. I- it was really funny. And I thought. The old Rob is back at 6 over park.
3: I saw so, I, just went, I saw a clip remember? of him, David, uh, talking to a photographer, videographer, who was following him around and said, he goes, why do you always get close-ups of my face when I'm angry? And he's like, you know, basically get out of here. But I didn't hear about him smashing a microphone. That's a different deal. So.
4: Yeah, it was a pretty good hit. I don't know if it was hand or golf club, but it was pretty loud. Hmm. Of course, it was a microphone. Now, I, I just want to say something about the live real quick. Uh I had to come to terms with this with myself because, first of all, I thought I despised the live golfers because of the money. Uh, actually, Lefty has always been my favorite. And then Kepka came in there because of his attitude. He's not a great guy. You know, he's probably not going to hug Block when he makes a hole in one. He may not even hug his own fan. But his mm-hmm. attitude on some things, such as the game, I really like mm-hmm. because, uh, like, when he was asked why, you're not practicing every day for the major this week like everybody else is. He says, well, because I have a life and I don't like to play golf every day. I, I just eat that kind of stuff up, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Lefty left, Jepka left, Deschambault left. That's three of my top four or five favorites. So basically I was mad because I was not going to get to watch them. Right. The money thing, if I was in their position, I may have done the same thing. So it's just the fact that the quality – of the production that i want to watch especially in the majors is down because i'm not pulling for the live golfers anymore you know i don't like uh, what i call foreigners to come over here and take our majors play i was the biggest connor's fan i was the biggest hoblet fan and if rory could have been at the top i would have been pulling for him because he's a great guy and everybody loves it so now i just want you guys to know i can pull for the foreigners oh. i'm glad that makes you feel better
3: so you're 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 uh, uh Oh, thanks. I guess he's out. Uh, yeah, he's kicking. The, I guess he's focusing on Hovland as an Oklahoma State guy, not a. No, he I, said he
5: can now root for foreigners yeah. because these guys left, and that didn't leave him anybody to root for. So now it's opened his mind to foreigners winning here.
3: Yeah, I I never cared about them taking money. Like the money part of it wasn't the important part for me. It was the fact where the money's coming from. I don't, and I can't begrudge him. Like if somebody came in and offered me, but again, it's different because I'm making an X amount of money, and if you're going to take it and make it times three or four. I probably still have to consider it, but you're talking about guys making tens of millions of dollars and yeah. walking away for hundreds of millions of guaranteed dollars, which they could earn as well by playing well on the PGA Tour. So, I don't Some know, of them. Right. There, there are a couple that yeah, I, look, I get it. Like Pat Perez, I don't have a problem with him taking his mullet over there because he's not relevant in PGA Tour life.
5: And I do think Brooks was a little worried about his injuries that maybe he would never get back to where he was, and this is a guaranteed
3: amount of money mm-hmm. that he's set for the rest of his life. Sure. And he would have been set for the rest of his life before. John Rom said it best. He's like, is $400 million more going to make a difference in my life? No. And I'm like, that's awesome. What a cool feeling that yeah. must be for you. He can be pissed off all he wants and hit all the microphones he wants. He ain't going to hit $400 million with the microphones
5: he must've been on a tear. I just googled his name and there's all kinds of different things.
3: He had a bad weekend. Look, yeah. it was it was look, it was wet. It was frustrating. The rough was ridiculous. It was hard. I mean, I don't think a lot of guys had fun this weekend. And he was one of them. If you're not playing well in those conditions, it sucks. I hate playing in the rain. Yeah. I saw the funniest meme I saw going around was Rory and Scheffler had the same uh, rain suit. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. I don't know. I'm just like, I hate playing in the rain, so I don't care." But
5: it was fun to watch, though, once again.
3: It's hard. It,
5: it is. It's, it's good to every once in a while see them struggle sure. it, and, and have a difficult time with the conditions.
3: It felt like the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open's always like that. Yeah. I don't expect the PGA to be quite that right. hard. But it no, was, it's usually not. Yeah, it was tough.
5: I love the Masters and love watching them go low, and but it, every now and then it's fun to watch them struggle.
3: It's
5: no doubt. I don't have a problem when they lose their temper. Um, no, that's part of it. Yeah.
3: I, I do have a problem with them going after the guys that are following them around. Like, you can't... Soak in the limelight and become and benefit from, and then complain because they're following you while you're sucking. You're an elite player. That's why the camera's on you all the time.
5: They were on him. And getting close-ups close when he was winning. Yeah, for I mean, sure. And some cool moments.
3: Absolutely. The Red White Report is brought to you by
0: Big O' Tires. With locations in Conway on Harkrider and in Cabot on Prospect Court, Big O' Tires offers an endless selection of wheel and tire combinations. Big O' Tires. They have everything you need to fit your budget and style.
3: Well, a couple of guys who've been cruising for Arkansas of late, Hunter Holland and Gage Wood did not have their best stuff this weekend. and unfortunately, Arkansas ends up losing two out of three to Vanderbilt. I hate to start negative, so let me say something great. Arkansas is your regular season co-champions in the SEC for baseball, the number one league by far in collegiate baseball. Here's Dave Van Horn on Hunter Holland's performance on Saturday.
6: You know, his stuff wasn't bad. I just think that we weren't planning on pitching him very long today, if possible. Um, would have been a lot easier. We might not even have pitched him today if we would have won yesterday, so... Throwing the ball around the plate, wasn't really putting it on. They did a nice job of, they nickled and dimed him pretty good. You talk about bloopers and cat balls, and he made good pitches, and they just found holes. You're kind of going, wow. He was a little frustrated with it, um, and he pitched out of a jam or two. So um, this would give him an opportunity to rest a little bit.
3: Arkansas leaving nine on base in the finale in a 7-6 loss, but they did pound out nine hits and scored six runs. Unfortunately, they allowed seven on twelve. It was really fun day one when Arkansas scored four runs in the first inning and had one hit. That was cool. Arkansas has been getting a lot of breaks, and unfortunately, the breaks went the way of Vanderbilt this weekend. Here's Dave on uh, evaluating his offense going into the SEC tournament, which for Arkansas starts on Wednesday.
6: Uh, you know, I'd say middle of the road right now. I mean, it's been it's been better. We put together some good innings, but we got to get some guys going. You know, guys that have been been around and and they've had. You think about you know a couple of weeks back at Mississippi State the, the weekend that like Borfin had. And, kindle Diggs and those guys well you know then they kind of tapered off last weekend we've got to get them all going i mean peyton holt was huge for our offense this weekend he looked more like a guy that should be hitting in the three hole Mm -hmm. and uh that may happen
5: Mm. that's good to hear because i was thinking the same thing when i saw the lineup saturday i'm like man peyton holt's hitting the ball so well maybe they need to move him up a little bit
3: yeah he has been hot uh, softball unfortunately came up short this weekend against Oregon. Got ten run ruled yesterday, and their season comes to an end. Great season again for Coach Diefel's bunch, but it is over for Arkansas. And what else happened this weekend? Is there track and field, golf, tennis. Okay, let's move on. Bubba Carpenter standing by. Sorry, Bubba. Bubba texted me a little bit ago, and well, I didn't see it until just now. My bad.
0: It's time for The Zone. To be joined by former Razorback baseball player and current Diamond Hog color commentator, Bubba Carpenter. Bubba Carpenter is brought to you by Johnston's Home Center in Benton. Visit them on the web at johnstonshomecenter.com. Johnston's Home Center in Benton. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. Now, let's play ball with
3: Bubba Carpenter. Oh, let's do. Hello, Bubba. How are you? Fellas, what's going on? Listen,
1: Happy
3: Monday. when Arkansas loses series, buddy, I don't return your text, okay? That's just the way it is. I'm upset. They'd sweat <laughs> yeah, you're this weekend, I would have. Big league me, man. Big league me. <laughs> uh, I went and grabbed a little lunch at 11, so I apologize that I was not uh, on my phone. Normally, I'm pretty, pretty good about that. So, how am I to feel after this weekend, Bubba? Ecstatic that Arkansas is the co champion for the regular season? It's a significant achievement, or should I be disappointed in the fact that they lost a couple of winnable games?
1: well it's hard you know what it's I'm disappointed um I'll tell you though I was listening to Phil you know when he get, he kept giving the updates on Saturday this first um coming out of the uh, LSU and Georgia series and uh I was really excited when uh Georgia won that game um I, I don't know it was it's kind of bittersweet I guess I, I hate the way that, that Friday played out we, we blow an 8-2 lead um you know that's I, I, I hate to say it. I guess this is overused, but that's baseball. Mm-hmm. This is overused, but that's baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a, you know, uh, Phil called it a fluky inning. And that's really what it was. I mean, a, a comebacker to the mound that Gage Wood should have fielded, uh, a bunt, and he hits a guy with an 0-2 curveball. Um, just weird things happened that inning. And it, the wheels kind of fall, fell off. And, you know, it. It starts when something like that happens. It's hard to stop it sometimes, and as a result, it was an eight-run eighth inning, and you know we blew that game. And I felt like we should have won the next day too. I think I think had we not known the LSU situation, we would have played that Saturday game different. I think we'd have won that game. Um, and I think I think Dave alluded to that in the post game. But look, you got to take the positives out of it. I mean, look at we're SEC champs. We won 20 games in the SEC with everything that's happened this year. So got, I, I guess the, 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 long, the long-winded answer is you, you got to come away from it happy because we won the SEC.
3: Dave talked about the offense, and Jace couldn't be on with us today because they've practiced today during our time slot, so we're going to try to get him on tomorrow, but he has been absolutely phenomenal through the year, but he's been struggling of late the last really couple of weeks here, and one of 15 over the weekend, not Jace Borf, and like mm-hmm. anything particular you, you've seen from his at-bats, Bubba, that you are concerned about, or things that he could tweak, you think, to make him a little more effective like he'd been most of the season?
1: Yeah, you know, it's just a timing issue and, and a little bit of pitch selection. He's swinging at pitches that he hasn't been swinging at, and he's either late or early. I call it being caught in between. He's either late on the fastball. he gets jammed on a lot of hittable fastballs, but then he's early on the off-speed. And when you get in a spot like that, you've got to just, you really just have to simplify the game and pick a speed. Say, I'm either going to sit breaking ball, take the fastball, or I'm going to sit fastball, take the breaking ball. Don't try to do too much early in the count. My motto is the first two strikes are yours, the third strikes for the team. So, till you get, till you get to that, that two strike mode, you've got to hunt your pitch and be on time. And that's what Jason's doing right now. He, he just laid on some balls that I feel like he should crush. And so, I, I'm not worried, though. It, it's not a swing deal, it's more of a mental thing. And I think he goes into Hoover, gets a couple ABs, comes back to, to Baum Walker, probably, probably raking by the time we get back here next Friday.
3: Wagner scored a few runs this weekend, and uh, Josenberger has looked pretty comfortable coming back. I don't know what percentage he's at or Wagner, but uh, you feel good about them going into the postseason?
1: Yeah, I feel like they got better over the weekend. You know, if you look at Josenberger, he's 2 for 17 since he came back from, uh, you know, the injury against South Carolina and then Bandy. And then, you know, Wagner was 1 for 11 over the weekend, but both of them are finding ways to make things happen. Uh, Tavian's walked nine times, mm. scored four runs. Um, you know, made some really good plays out in center field. Wagner's um, won for 11, almost had a home run, scored five runs, got hit by a couple pitches, walked a couple times. So they're still making things happen. Um, but, you know, Dave even talked about it. Every day, Jared gets better, Wagner, and his swings get better. And so I think Jared's going to be ready um, when Friday rolls around. And I'm not worried about Kavian. Um You know, even if he struggles a little bit to play, what he brings to the game in center field is, is priceless.
5: What about Gage Wood? Are you concerned a little?
1: Well, I'm not concerned about what happened on on Friday. I'm really not. That that happens. Like I said, it was kind of a weird thing, and I think their game. He got mad. You know, he gets called for a balk, and and, mm-hmm. and everything starts to speed up on him. Um, you know, the misplayed ball up the middle, the bunt. There were just so many things. Um, what worries me a little bit, though, Wes, is his veto's down. He was 90-91, um, and that's not Gage. Gage should be 94-95, and there's a big difference. Say, well, it's only a few miles an hour. There's a huge difference um, in three or four miles an hour on your fastball. So that's that's one thing that worries me a little bit. Now, you know, maybe he was just nervous. Uh, maybe he was pressing a little bit, uh, overthrowing. I don't know, but he, did, he definitely wasn't the Gage Wood we saw against South Carolina at Palm Walker the week before but I, I think he's going to be fine he's a guy that pitches great at Palm Walker so I think you get him back home with that home crowd cheering for him he's going to be in good shape
5: what do you want to see at the SEC tournament what's kind of a best case scenario for Arkansas on this team
1: well you know Phil and I refer to this as kind of the limbo season you're, you're not in regular season you're not in postseason yet it's kind of limbo um but after losing two to Vandy, had we won had we won the series against Vandy, I, I don't care if we go in there and lose two and come home. But since we lost two to Vandy, I feel like we need to go in there and just win a game to get things back right again. Um, but the main thing is keep people healthy. I, I'll tell you, when I think of the SEC tournament, I think of 2021 and Brady Slavin springing his ankle on first base, mm-hmm. going down the line. And I can't get that out of my head. And so I feel like every pitch, every play, I'm like, oh, no, don't don't get hurt. You know, and you can't play the game that way. But I guess answer to answer your question is just go down there and get some guys some innings that need them. You know, get Gage Wood a few innings. Um, get a few of the freshmen, Pous, Beebe, uh, Bybee. Um, and then get Tavian and Wagner a few extra bats and then come back here and get ready for a regional
5: yeah when i saw bolton and holt collide i I was just like and first thing i'm like because it was so awkward i thought if they're both you know the negative you know i'm like what if they're both out i'm like harold cole and then who else is gonna who's your backup backup second baseman now that if they're both up anyway uh you got to get bolton healthy and, and hopefully with i guess that sprained ankle i don't expect to see him play in the sec tournament at all this week do you
1: no, it doesn't look like it. it. Doesn't look like he'll play this weekend, but or any in Hoover. But you know, he'll be he'll be fine by next weekend, hopefully. But you know, look when when uh, Snowball went down. Look what Peyton Holt did. Yeah. Who knows? Harold Cole may catch fire. Harold can rake at the plate, and he's really not bad defensively. He's just not John Bolton. Um, so who knows? It could be something. that ends up being a, a positive for us. I hate it because John was playing great defense. And he was really starting to get it done at the plate, having some really big at-bats, uh, laying down some big bunts, sacrifice flies. Um, that's what I hate. And, boy, when you miss a – you know, we've seen what happens when you miss a week, the week and a half of that bat, what it can do to you coming back. So, you know, I don't know. I, it, it the, the Bolton thing worries me a little bit. But, hey, Harold Cole, hopefully he'll step in and do a great job over the next few days. And then um, – you know, we'll see what
7: happens next
5: weekend. It's a great question on the uh, First Arkansas Bank and Trust text line. It reminded me, I was wanting to ask you something about this. Can you ask, Bubba, if pitching on an artificial mound makes a big difference to the pitchers and if it could have had something to do with the, the pitching over the weekend? Bubba, I noticed a couple of times pitchers, uh, w- whether it's Gage Wood, there was another play, a pitcher, I think it was maybe Hunter Holland, it, uh, almost stumbling off that mound. It, it just they it just the footing just it wasn't the same as a, a normal dirt mound. How di- different is it?
1: See, I think it's way different. I really do. And Gage is a guy that really comes off the mound. He is a This is a violent mechanics when he throws a baseball, and I think he can make a difference. Um, uh, McIntyre, I think, is one of them that you're referring yes, to. Yep. McIntyre came off to the left side of the mound and kind of twisted his ankle, yep. and I'm like, oh no, not another one, you know. And then he ended up being okay, but. I'll tell you, during the summer, we, we do the showcase the showcase route with my high school kids. So we travel around and we play. It seems like every field we play at now is all turf mound. They don't let the kids wear metal spikes on the turf mound on the youth side uh, or on the high school side. And I hate it because, guys, their plant foot are, are slipping. Mm. When, when their front foot hits the ground, it's slipping. And I get mad all the time. We actually, we actually were going to leave a tournament last year Because my guys were sliding off the mound. And I said, either we wear metal spikes or we don't pitch. And they let us wear metal spikes because I won't get a guy hurt. But there really is a big difference in coming off of that turf
5: mound. It, and it, and I know it's got to be the same size but it just looks different you know and, and maybe the the sides of it because you yeah, I noticed it with McIntyre just when he stepped it was almost like he was thinking he was on a regular mound and then when he stepped it was different and caused him to lose his balance and twist his ankle it just seems odd
1: yeah it it's it's like a different shape it's a different feel um i i just don't like it i, I really don't i never have liked the all turf mounds but you know it's I don't know. I don't like a lot of things about Vanderbilt, to be honest. With you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've decided, fellas, that they they take the crown now for they, my hatred for Vandy
6: mm. and
1: the the Vandy boys. I think overrides uh, Old Miss yeah. right now. I I can't stand all their antics and all the crap they do between innings and all that stuff. I just I hate it. It's a, it's a whole bunch of eye service. Is all it is.
3: Yeah, first of all, the Vandy Whistler needs to be killed. I, I don't know if I would cut his <laughs> lips off if I met him, but he's, it's so annoying, and I've noticed it more. We actually asked uh, Borfin about it, I guess, this week when he was on with us, but the guy is the most annoying person in the world, and they embrace it, and they clap when he does his stupid whistles, and they got the whole thing down. It's so much... I never thought anything could be more annoying than uh, the cowbells at Mississippi State, but I think the Whistler is. It is awful, and that guy needs to be beaten up. Um, I don't advocate for violence, but somebody should beat that guy up. Uh, the other thing is... Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Vandy boys. I mean, it sounds like a Glee club. What is the point of this thing, Bubba? I don't know what we're doing. It's ridiculous. But yes, it makes me hate them, and I don't want to. I, I don't. I mean, Vanderbilt normally does not rise to the level of passion. I realize they are they are better in baseball than anything else, but normally they can't get me excited enough to hate them. But they're getting there. Yeah. And they're just ridiculous. You're right. I'm on board with all this.
1: Yeah. I mean, the more you watch, the more you just. And that in-between innings thing where they go out there and they do this choreographed stuff. I don't know if y'all remembered it last year in Fayetteville when they came. But all that crap they do out in the outfield between innings, it's just all eye service. And it's just its pathetic. Just play the game of baseball and cut it out. And, yeah, the whole Vandy boys thing. I don't know who started that or what what's behind that. But it's, yeah i don't know it's uh everything about them just annoys me
5: yeah it's corbin that way because he seems a lot like van horn to me mm-hmm. it's kind of surprising that his teams would do that but i don't know him
1: see i don't know much about him um he doesn't seem like that kind of person but i don't know neither mike bianco doesn't either and he allows all that stuff at Ole miss so mm-hmm. i mean who, who knows but it's I know for a fact, DVH would never allow all that crap. Yeah. Now the stomping on home plate. I mean, all right. If you want to stomp home plate, stomp home plate. I get <laughs> mad when they're at Palm Walker and they stomp our home plate. Yeah. You know, something about that annoys me. But if you want to do it, do it. But yeah. all the other crap, I think got It's just, it's just eye
3: service. Bubba Carpenter joining us, courtesy of Johnson's Home Center in Benton. Um, let me ask you about the matchup. Speaking of coaches that uh, certainly get Razorback fans intrigued, mm-hmm. Arkansas's got A and M or Tennessee. Is there a better matchup in your mind for Arkansas in the first round or for their opening game, I guess?
1: Yeah, you know, it's I'd rather play A and M, you know, because I think we're gonna end up throwing I think we match up better against A and M. We're we'll probably gonna end up throwing some freshmen that, that Wednesday game. So yeah, I'd rather I'd rather play A and M if I had to pick.
3: What's the pitching strategy? I mean, you just alluded to it, but I mean, and Dave Van Horn was kind of kind of Yeah, commenting on it that they may throw off a little bit. You got potentially four games if you don't lose. You got two games if you lose both. Um, you could play what's the max five? Yeah. If you lose a Eight, game and work right. your way back to the championship, I mean, what do you what, what's the strategy, Bubba? What do you think? I mean, because you want to get these guys some work, right? You don't want Hagen Smith to sit for a whole week. Or do you? Or two weeks?
1: Yeah, you don't want that, but then you also don't want... I mean, technically, if you wanted to, Hagen started on Thursday. You could bump him up to Wednesday and start him. But the downfall to that is then he's got to wait nine days to pitch next Friday. And you don't want that. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to leave Hagen. probably... I'm sure... I, I would think Hagen will start on Thursday and be on a limited pitch count. But I think Wednesday they're going to throw it. will be kind of a bullpen day. I, they'll probably start by uh, you're going to see Fouch, You're going to see Gage Wood. You're going to see Parker Coyle. You might see a McIntyre if, if the game allows it. If it's if it's a if it's a, a close game, um, but I think that's what you'll see Wednesday. And then, you know, going from there, I think you'll see your regular. I think I think if we get into to Friday and we're playing on Friday, uh, if we win two games, we we'll get a bye on Friday. We we'll play on Saturday. You, you'll see uh, you'll see Tiger. Um, you know it's I I think they're going to try to get everything just really set up for the weekend. That's the goal is to get them ready for next Friday, and get the pitching set up, you know, for that, and and get some of that. That's really about all it is.
3: Good news is you're not going to be at home for uh, regionals, and if you get out of there, Super Regionals too. So we'll talk about the matchups next week, Bubba. I appreciate the time, my friend. We'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Sounds great, fellas. Have a good week. Go on. See you, right. Bubba. Bubba Carpenter. Thank you, Johnston's Home Center. Let's jump right back mm-hmm. onto the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Jeff Benedict standing by, we told you about him earlier, wrote the book LeBron. He is a New York Times best selling author. He's written about Tiger Woods and the New England Patriots. A couple of uh, successful uh, organizations and people, and obviously LeBron James is uh, certainly a successful one as well, and I just hung up on him on accident, I think. Jeff, we got you. Are you there? I think I lost him. Uh, My bad. Sorry, Christian. My fault. We'll get him on in just a second. Uh, But we'll talk to him about this book, LeBron, and talk to him about uh, his thoughts there. And Obviously, LeBron's very much uh, in the news today because his Lakers are about to get swept out of the Western Conference Finals potentially. I don't know. They're not in very good shape right now. So let me get Jeff in here and apologize. But um, All you can do is hit the wrong button once, and then bad things happen. Don't do it again. I'll try not to. There we go. Boop. Jeff Benedict joining us. Jeff, welcome.
7: Hey, welcome. Good to be on with you guys.
3: Jeff, I'm sorry I hung up on you. I hit the wrong button. They're, the drop button and the, and the pickup <laughs> button are right next to each other. I don't know who designed the stupid phone. It's amazing. I don't do it more often, honestly. But anyway. Uh,
7: look I at, thought you'd change your mind just in one to talk to me. <laughs> heck no. You know,
3: LeBron James is such a, a compelling and interesting figure for so many reasons. He's obviously, I don't think, he's unequivocally one of the top five basketball players ever to step on a court. For our listeners... He is very um, polarizing, I would say. There are people who hate on LeBron, and I look at guys who have these missteps, most recently John Morant. LeBron, to me, is an exemplary professional athlete. I say it every time anybody asks me about him, and yet he's got a good (laughs) portion of haters. I don't necessarily understand it. In writing the book, is that something that you delved into?
7: Uh, Absolutely, and I do understand it, actually, because if you look at his... uh, the early part of his career meaning his first seven years in cleveland before he left for miami he um he really adopted the same playbook that michael jordan followed throughout his entire career which was his focus was exclusively on basketball and on nike and michael did that he, M- michael stayed away from politics he stayed away from social justice causes he didn't do anything controversial. Um, He famously said, you know, Republicans buy sneakers, too, Mm -hmm. um, and was criticized heavily by civil rights leaders at the time for saying that and for refusing to get involved in in a campaign with a guy who was running against Senator Jesse Helms from North Carolina at the time. LeBron did that for seven years. Now, keep in mind, when LeBron started his career, he was 18 years old. Michael was older. And um, by the time LeBron gets to his mid-twenties, he makes a significant change. And that change happens when Barack Obama becomes president in the summer or fall of 2008. He's elected. But right before that election, uh, Jay-Z did a concert in Cleveland to support Barack Obama's candidacy. LeBron James joined him on stage, Jay-Z, on stage in Cleveland. It was the first time he'd ever really stepped into the political arena, and he essentially campaigned that night for then-Senator Obama and encouraged everyone in the arena to vote for him. And he said that he would be voting for him and talked about how important this election was. That was the beginning of what turned out to be an eight-year relationship between... Young LeBron and a young African American first president of the United States. By the time Barack Obama left office, uh, a lot had changed in the country, but also a lot had changed for LeBron. He wasn't a, a young man anymore. He was more like a man in full. He was a parent of multiple children. He was more grown up in his views on politics and was unafraid to voice them. And I think that is a huge difference between him and Jordan and not only him and Jordan but him and just about every other uh, really well-known superstar athlete. Um, They, by and large, stay away from politics because they are so divisive. If you look at the few guys who have stepped into that arena, people like Arthur Ashe, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it, Jim Brown did it. Um, You know, those guys, Muhammad Ali, Probably the biggest example of all. Look how controversial he was in his career. not later when he retired, but when he was a boxer, half the country hated him. And so I think that part of what LeBron is dealing with is the fact that he has he reached a point where he was unafraid to weigh in on things that he thought were important. And I think by the time Trump comes along and he is basically going toe to toe, the most famous powerful athlete in America, going toe-to-toe with the leader of the free world, it really helps explain why there are people who don't like LeBron. It doesn't really have anything to do with his basketball career.
5: Does that bother LeBron?
7: You know, if you'd asked that question earlier in his career, the answer would be yes, because LeBron, like most performers they do like to be liked. I mean, performers like to be liked. They don't like to be hated. And I think LeBron was super sensitive to public perception and how people thought about him. That was really obvious when he announced he was going to Miami in 2010, and he became the most hated athlete in America after that. And that's, by the way, that's before he starts to get really involved in politics. That was that was when he you know, made the decision to take his town to South Beach, as he put it. And that did bother him immensely. When he saw the backlash, it hurt him. It wounded him. By the time you get to, like, by the time he leaves Miami four years later, he's got a different exterior in terms of how he deals with hatred and public criticism. And he realized, I think, that if you're going to take a position on those things that matter so much, you have to accept the fact that you're going to alienate a certain segment of the population, of the culture, and uh, you know that going in, and you've got to deal with it. And he he has dealt with it.
3: Talking to Jeff Benedict on, on the uh, Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, if you're just tuning in, he's a New York Times best-selling author. The new book is LeBron. You've written a book on, on Tiger, and obviously there is a uh, – there's probably some kind of um, – Consistency in the fabric, I guess, of these top-level athletes who are able to focus on what they need to get done and able to shut out the things that aren't important to get there. Did you find any similarities in writing the book on LeBron to, you know, you mentioned Jordan or Tiger? I think some people don't look at them the same because LeBron's fallen short a little bit on some big stages. But did you find some similarities in, in you know, Tiger Woods, for example, with LeBron? Well,
7: well, first of all, I would I would say that he hasn't falling short on big stages, um, he he doesn't win every time, but neither does Tiger, and, and neither does Tom Brady. I mean, <clears throat> Brady's been to 10 Super Bowls. He's won more than he lost, but he's, he's lost some big ones to the Giants, and you know, these guys that are the best in the world can't win every single time they get on that stage. I just think LeBron's been on the stage so much that it's almost... Uh, Hard to put your get your arms around it, but in terms of similarities um, <clears throat> between, I would say Tiger and LeBron and Tom Brady, there's there's lots of differences in terms of who they are as men and uh, their sort of their personal lives and preferences. They're very unique, but where they come together, I think is that the three of them, in, in my view at least, are the three most successful male athletes on the American stage in the 21st century. And they've been the most dominant for the longest in their sport. And they've done things that we've not seen anyone do before. Um, LeBron's done things that Michael didn't do. And I'm, I'm not saying he's better or Michael's better. I'm just saying LeBron's done things that even Jordan didn't do. Just like Tom did things that Joe Montana didn't do and Tiger's done things that Jack Nicholas didn't do. Will those be repeated by someone else down the road? Who knows but certainly for those of us who care about sports, in the last 20 years to have Tiger, Tom and LeBron on stage at the same time, it's been remarkable and I think what they share in common is they're, they're pretty similar in age, they came of age at this, around the same time and I just think their, their outlook and commitment to their craft is different than everybody else. And so there's a, there's a drive and an obsession with perfection that they share. That's, that's why they're outliers. Um, when you're, I mean, you could argue that Le, in LeBron's case, he is the most athletically gifted, probably naturally talented in his era. But despite that, he works harder than everybody else. And I think that's the thing that's rare. It's, it's like Brady, when he won three Super Bowls or four Super Bowls or five Super Bowls, he didn't cut back his work ethic. If anything, he stepped each time he'd win, he'd step it up even more. And I think that's what's hard for their competitors to keep up with. Like, LeBron's been doing this for 20 years now. 20 years! I mean we got other players in the NBA now that are young and super talented, but I, I always say none of them will be dominating 20 years from now. They'll be gone. And I, I think that's what's so unique about the three guys I'm talking about is they've, they got to the top of the mountain, and then they occupied it for two decades.
3: There you go. Uh, I can't wait to read the book. Jeff, I appreciate the time. Thanks. Good luck with it. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Jeff Benedict, author of LeBron. And again, I think we all understand LeBron is a interesting figure. And, you know, I think you, people don't quote the political activism as the reason they hate LeBron, but I'm sure that's a part of it for a lot of people. I never I, thought about it, I guess, that well, much. When
5: I was thinking about it, too, that's why we... Stay away from politics because it's so divisive. We need everybody to like us. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have a a half of this population or or more here in Arkansas. I can't stand them because of their political views.
3: Mm -hmm. i got enough reason for people to hate me. I don't need to get into (laughs) politics for sure. Uh, We're going to talk some investments. One thing we can all agree on, can't have too much money. And that's uh, whether you're talking about LeBron or us or uh, a guy who just won the PGA Championship, Brooks Koepka. I mean... Want to make some good decisions, obviously, for your financial future. We're going to help you out with that with John Shrewsbury and our buddy Scott Inman. They're going to be in studio coming up after the break. So we'll get some thoughts from them on the current state of affairs in the second hour at 12 o'clock. We'll let you call in and ask some questions. If you've got some specific things you'd like to delve into, they will be here to help.
5: Big old tires is a good deal. They'll save you some money. Buy three tires, four tires, absolutely free. Get that deal right now in Cabot and Conway. Great selection of tires, all the name brand tires. And Big O Tire has the Big O Tire. It's a good value tire. Buy three, fourth tire, absolutely free. Remember, Big O Tires does more than just tires. They'll work on your vehicle. If there's something wrong with your car and just not running right, check engine lights on, can't figure out where to take it, take it to Big O Tires. they got mechanics on hand ready to help you out. Big O Tires in Cabot, Prospect Court, right in front of Kroger. In Conway they're on heart rider go see our friends at Big O Tires the team we trust
2: the one who put the satin on your panties never
8: knew anywhere in the state dial 8 888 8888 for rainwater holton sexton they'll help you weather the storm It was a rough weekend for Arkansas baseball and softball. We'll start with softball, whose season is over after losing in the Fayetteville Regional Sunday afternoon to Oregon, 14-4. Arkansas finished the season 40-19. Arkansas baseball lost their series against Vanderbilt, losing Friday night's game 10-8 and losing on Saturday 7-6. On the bright side, Arkansas still holds a share of the SEC title with Florida after both finished the season with 20 SEC wins. Arkansas also won their eighth SEC West title. Next up, Arkansas will head to Hoover. Their first game will be on Wednesday at 1230 against the winner of Tennessee and Texas A&M. And Arkansas football got some good news as they landed Coffeeville Community College offensive lineman transfer Amari Wiggins. The 6'3", 310-pound lineman chose Arkansas over LSU, Texas A&M, Miami, Mississippi State, Penn State, and others. He will have three years of eligibility remaining. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. When you vacation in
3: Arkansas,
2: go from outdoor adventures to indoor escapes in just a few miles or a few minutes. At Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve in Bentonville, explore more than 17 miles of world-class trails for mountain biking, running, or just strolling through scenic Ozark Forest. When you're done, explore five centuries of masterworks at the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. Near it all, but far away. Escape to your natural state. Plan your trip today at Arkansas.com. Attention, Arkansas business owners and nonprofits. I'm Stan Mellar from Pinnacle Global. Call us and let's discuss your employee retention tax credit eligibility. We'll take all the risk and handle everything for you. Don't miss this opportunity to potentially receive financial benefits. Contact me, Attorney Stan Miller, at Pinnacle Global today at 501-352-9497. Remember, it costs you nothing to apply. Call 501-352-9497 and unlock the benefits you deserve.
4: Maybe it's lounging under a cabana at our sparkling pool, or unwinding with a massage at the luxurious Astral Spa. It could be dining in elegance, then hitting the casino for fun and high fives. And while you're here, you could explore thermal spas, dining and shopping on Bathhouse Row and Hot Springs National Park, just steps away from the resort. Discover your Oaklawn. Make reservations today at oaklawn.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
3: This is Pat Bradley for Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union in Benton, and there's Summertime Auto Loan Special Interest rates as low as 2.49% No payments for 90 days or 84 months financing Offer valid on new 22 or 23 models Or you can refinance your current auto loan Apply securely online at AlcoaCommunityFCU.org Now serving Grant, Garland Hot Spring and Perry Counties Hey, I saw your car in
8: Marketplace. When can I look at it? How about midnight at the truck stop? Buying a vehicle shouldn't
2: be a risky venture. See Guadney Buick, GMC next to Sam's in North Little Rock and know exactly what you're getting when it comes to quality pre-owned vehicles. At Guadney. make a clean trade with a clean title and clear, simple finance options. Shopping new? Sierra 1500 at just 0.9%. GMC Terrain at just 1.9%. And how about anything on our lot with no payments for 90 days? Try finding that on Marketplace, know what you're getting at Gwatney
8: buick gmc hey by any chance does the title say rebuilt absolutely not the title says salvage and that means foreign
3: yeah it's gonna be a hard pass i'm headed to guatney buick gmc
2: 5700 landers road in north little rock call 501-945-4444 buick GMC.com. gmc we are professional grade all offers to approve credit
0: Welcome back to The Zone. Did we say something stupid or wrong?
3: Uh, it is Stevie Wonder's birthday. The
0: Jamie Foxx movie was awesome. The Jamie Foxx movie. We played Ray Charles. Let us know by hitting us up through live fan feedback or on the text line. Now, back to the mostly correct <laughs> Zone.
4: A few
0: more
5: days left in the month of May. And in May, Guantan Chevrolet is enticing you with 1.9% financing, trying to get rid of those 2023s, making way for the 2024s. Right now you can get a super low 1.9% financing on new Blazers, new Equinox, new Trailblazers, new Traverse, new Silverado's. A lot of vehicles out there right now with 1.9% financing. You can also get no payments for 90 days. Once you buy that new vehicle, Guatney Chevrolet, you wouldn't have to make a payment until maybe September if it works out for you. Go look at the website, guatneychevrolet.com. You can see all the inventory, see all the great vehicles they have, and they're getting new vehicles every single day. Then go to the Gregor Street Exit in Jacksonville and see our friends at Guatney Chevrolet.
3: We are joined in studio by... Scott Inman, our old buddy, talking about uh, what's going on with our friends over at uh, GenWealth. And we appreciate coming up. I guess John got tied up, and that's unfortunate, but we wish him the best. And the whole team, love the show on Saturdays. You can catch it here on The Buzz. And going to get some advice from Scott today, pick his brain a little bit. And if you've got a question, call up at 661-1037. We're going to try to open up that next segment after the top of the hour, largely, for questions. But uh, we'll take some now if you are compelled. What's up, buddy? How are yeah, you?
9: man, I'm doing great. How are you guys
3: doing? We're good. good. It, it's good been a you. minute since I've been into this show. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been a while. So I want to talk uh, some sports maybe in the next hour as well. Yeah, but, sure. So I think everybody understands the, the financial situation right now. We're talking about interest rates being up and the market being down. And I mean, there's not a lot. You of, only get mugged if you go downtown. <laughs> it's not a lot of positivity, Scott, so I need you to lift our spirits. What, Little Hank Jr. for you. I like that. What do, we like, uh, what do we like right now? What can we be excited or happy about or optimistic about?
9: Well, I think when it, well, let's go with the interest rates first. I mean, the, the Fed is probably more than likely uh, about done hiking interest Maybe. rates. Maybe. We hope so, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, that's what you have to qualify everything. I, yeah. I tell people all the time predicting the economy is like uh, predicting the uh, weather forecast, right? It's going to change. It is likely to change. You'll, you only can uh, you really look at the data that you have in front of you at any given time. But the reality is the raising of interest rates has cooled inflation. It has cooled demand. I mean, you're seeing that in the housing market, right? I mean, mortgage rates went up uh, late last summer and uh, eventually people stopped buying houses at the clip that they were prior to that because the, their uh, mortgage was going to be three or $400 higher than it was if they'd have bought when the rates were down. So the the battle or the way that the Fed has chosen to battle inflation is working. Uh, I think the question is, is it is it going to provide this so-called soft landing that everybody talks about, which means we, we hit the runway smoothly and we just keep on going? And we avoid recession. And that has been the question for, you know, a couple of years now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we still don't know that answer. And every piece of data that seems to come out, uh, one day it's good news and one day it's bad news. And and the market just doesn't know what to make of it. it it's it's in this schizophrenic phrase, a phase mm-hmm. of not knowing which way to go.
3: Well, when the market's not doing well, I know you guys always battle against people who want to pull their money out. What's the advice being given now? Is it a good time to get in? Are there places where you should be putting your money that makes sense right now?
9: Yeah, I think it's, so. I think it depends on where you are. Uh, and most of that's going to be age related, right? I mean, where are you on your path to? And I'm going to really try very hard not to use the word retirement a lot here. There, there, was, a, there was an article that just came out um, this morning that I was reading that said that 47%, 48% of Americans will not be able to have enough retirement income to maintain their pre-retirement lifestyle. So uh, retirement is what people think of, but it's really financial independence. That's what we're trying to achieve for our clients. That can mean that you keep working. You know, I, I have a, a goal for myself uh, to reach by sixty, by age sixty, I'm going to be financially independent. But I have no intention of leaving Gen Wealth. I'm going to be a financial advisor past that point. So it's really just when you know, per a plan that defines your retirement income on a monthly basis, that would provide you a lifestyle that you can maintain throughout that retirement. Um, if you don't work, you don't you work because you want to, not because you have to. If that's you and you're getting close to that time frame, your investment strategy. Probably needs to change. We say ten years or less away from that moment um, of of reaching financial independence, of when you intend to be able to to walk away from work if you need to. We probably don't need to be all in on the market, right? You need mm-hmm. to you need to reset your investment strategy. But if you're younger. Like you guys are, I mean, you're really young. You got years before you're worried about that, right? <laughs>
3: that's true. We that do have years case. before we're going to be done, that's for sure.
9: Yeah, so if you've got, you know, 10 plus years, yeah, this is a buying opportunity. Because you think about it, you got to stretch that time frame out from looking through a knothole and saying, this is what's happening right now recession, market down, interest rates up to pulling that out and seeing the whole forest, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing that that long-term, you have to still believe in equities. If you bet against the U.S. stock market long-term, you lost, right? Yeah. So if 10, 15 years is your time horizon, then, yeah, this is a buying opportunity because we are down. Uh, the S&P 500 is down uh, lower than it's been in a long time.
3: Okay. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you guys, and we'll talk more about this in the next segment, but what, how do people reach out to you all during the week? Mm-hmm. Certainly, we expect them or encourage them to listen to the show on the weekends. Very informative. Right. But how do people get a hold of you if they want to get uh, get in for a sit-down or pick yeah. your brain? I think a couple of ways. So you can go online. Our website is
9: GetReadyForTheFuture.com, and there's a way to contact us there uh, and reach out to set up an appointment. Or you can give us a phone call. Our main number uh, is 501-653-7355. That'll reach uh, any office. We have offices in Bryant, Hot Springs, Little Rock, Conway, El Dorado, and now in Shreveport, Louisiana as well. So lots of offices uh, near you to call. Uh, and, and that first appointment is pretty easy, Justin. We'll ask you to bring a few things, and but it's really just a conversation. I mean, if you're not really sure about dipping your toe into uh, meeting with a financial advisor or hiring a financial advisor, there, there's no obligation to that. There's no cost to it, mm-hmm. and we'd even take a phone call. I mean, we we, we want to help. I, I think that's the bottom line: is we 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 want you to come in and 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 provide for you a holistic financial plan that includes all of the things that we all of the boxes that we want to check to get you to your goals. But if you just have a few questions, we're there for for you as well. And that's kind of the whole point of coming on here and and bringing the Q and A to the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays.
3: I was telling Wes, I read a story over the weekend about mortgages and the way that uh, people are operating under the current conditions and the fact that, you know, people who bought at 4% or under 5%, you know, and they look at it now and they're like, well, I don't want to move, even if they need a bigger house. Maybe they had another right. kid or maybe their lifestyle's changed or whatever, but they don't want to move. They don't want to give up that mortgage rate, even if the house makes more sense for them to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that impact, you know, the financial picture, I guess, overall? Well, it certainly
9: affects the economy because that's a main driver uh of of our economy is is the housing industry. I think something's got to budge at some point. you know you still have a little bit of lift I think from that when it comes to the people that are relocating because of jobs you know there's all there's a lot of reasons that people move and they have to do that right right but yeah, I think people who are sitting in Arkansas right now and thinking about that dream I talk to people to clients all the time in fact that they've they've hit the pause button on. Um, construction of a new house right because construction costs and home prices have gotten so high but I think that the, the problem with that is you know inflation is cooling but inflation is not going to go the other way deflation's not coming anytime soon right, right. so when you say well we were at eight percent year over year and now we're four percent yeehaw, but it's prices are still going up right so if you're going to sit on the sidelines and wait for construction costs to go down, food prices to go down, you know, fuel is volatile, food is volatile, but most of these prices are going to go one direction and it's up, so you're not really probably going to get a reprieve um, by waiting. The interest rates, on the other hand, you know, most people think in the next six months to a year they could come back down.
3: Well, knowing that most people don't ride out a thirty-year loan for thirty years, they yep. refinance at least once or yep. twice. Is it? Do you advise against moving, even though you're going to be paying a higher interest rate?
9: No, I wouldn't advise. I would not advise against moving. I I would say, uh, you know, from a personal economy standpoint, I would make sure that you could afford it as part of your overall plan. There you go. Yeah.
3: All right, more with Scott Inman coming up. Thanks to our friends at Genwell. It's eleven fifty-eight. Stay with us.
2: Johnstons Home Center in Benton is in the middle of an inventory reduction sale. So what does that mean for you? Savings. Save on the full line of steel products to help you on the outside of your house. And on the inside, save on washers, dryers, stoves, refrigerators from Maytag, GE, Samsung, and Frigidaire. Is the inventory reduction sale going on now at Johnstons Home Center?